I don't know why our generation is, is obsessed with nostalgia. It's it's, it's odd. I, I I get what you're saying. It's like uh, maybe it just has something to do with um lack of technology or lack of like mm-hmm. access to those memories. Like I guess mm-hmm. you really only have pictures in your like parents' photo albums of that era that I'm trying to glorify, right? So it's not mm-hmm. re- readily available on your iPhone. Um, I seriously do think of golf clubs in a way to compartmentalize time as opposed to like what kind of song was indicative of like the summer of 2001, right? Or mm-hmm. like I can remember what clubs I was playing at certain keystone events in my life so there's another side to good health and that's good mental health hey y'all this is brad welcome to another session of group golf therapy this week we got him we got cole young of metalwood studio fame The same Metalwood studio that was at the BMW Championship and did a collab with the Western Golf Association. Or the same Metalwood studio that was prominently featured in GQ for best golf looks ever. We live stream him attempting to get some Casey Musgraves tickets for his girlfriend. We talk about the early days of Cole working at Malbon and towing the line between golf and fashion. And how Metalwood studio promotes and reposts old school golf clubs but is low-key a way to build a bag on a budget. That's why we love brands like Metalwood Studio. We love Uncommon Golf because they care about your budget, okay? They care. They know that this game can be expensive. And with respect to balls, I have been having so much fun using this Model 55 ball from Uncommon. I love the orange. I love the dead aim line going right down the middle. I always know my putts are lined up, okay? I'm out here dropping birdies, and I'm saving money. Right now, if you go to uncommon.golf, use code GGT at checkout. You can get free shipping, okay? Let us know what you think about the balls. Uncommon is just breaking in. We are obsessed and excited for you to use them. Tap in with Uncommon. Tap in with Cole Young. Hit them straight and mind your golf. This is real time. There are um, some Casey Musgraves tickets in the balance right now. And there are some Literally. Casey Musgrave stands on this podcast, Cole Young and Candace. I don't know who I'm <laughs> We're talking about the one and only Cole Young, uh, a.k.a. Thick Owens, the best Instagram handle in the world. Okay, I'm going to oh, refresh it. Can you give us a status report, Cole? Should I turn this into a fedora so my... Fuck! I think we have our status report. Um, Are you guys recording? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so like with at 10 oh, 10.00.00.50, literally first person in line, like it's a fucking supreme drop. I click best tickets available and it goes directly to parking lot C. That's the best tickets available. This is easily the darkest moment that we've collectively experienced on Group Golf Therapy live. Easily. Yeah. I might not ever recover from this. Okay, so Candace was able to get four, so we're good. 
Oh, wow. oh good. Okay. Redemption. That's Sick. huge. Redemption. So okay. this has been an emotional roller coaster. I feel better. My heart has been lifted. So of the four of you that are going, you're not the biggest Casey Musgraves fan. Oh, no, I, I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what music gets you fired up, Cole? What do you like? What do you what do you uh, have in the buds currently? I've been listening to Donda just exclusively the first song over and over and over again. <laughs> Kanye's um, a genius. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. Um, I listen to, I listen to like, it's a lot of young thug. It's a lot of like weird eighties, like synth stuff. And then like tears for fears. I went on a buddy's uh, bachelor party a couple months ago and like there was <laughs> our friend uh uh will thinks he has pretty good taste in music but he just doesn't so it was like uh <laughs> my buddy brennan and i playing a bunch of music for him in a hot tub trying to convince him of like what good music is and we literally were in the hot tub for five hours and like <laughs> smoke like just smoked like 20 beers and uh we made a playlist out of it called Hot Tub Songs, and that's what I've been listening to a lot too. Oh, nice! That I will share. Did with it get through to him though? A lot, lot of pink on that. A lot, lot of, of pink. A lot of pink. A lot of uh, most lot of, of the no Mama, doubt. Most no of the Mamma Mia soundtrack. Los Lonely Boys. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is actually on there. <laughs> how how far is heaven, really? <laughs> Let's fucking go! Are you kidding me? No, you're joking, right? <laughs> It, it literally goes. Playlist. It literally goes. Mister Me Too by Clips directly into Los Lonely Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking dead. Hard left That is so good. Bars. <laughs> oh. See, all right, this, we're 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 synced. We're on a we're on a good wavelength. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now we can begin. Holy shit! Um, That's so funny. Cole, I'm I'm stoked to uh, to get to know you a little bit better. We've only talked, I think, Likewise. one time. And it was in the four and a half days that Clubhouse was relevant. It was like in a sp- and um, it was like in a spite Clubhouse forum. Right. It was an anti-Clubhouse Clubhouse chat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Damn. How are you? Good. I've been traveling a lot, so um, I, I'm like letting myself travel a little bit because I'm kind of got the business not on an autopilot, but like I don't have to do like all of the packing and shipping all by myself anymore, which is a huge, huge um, benefit. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good. I, I was really worried. We went on like on a Greek vacation a couple weeks ago. And I was like, well, I guess the company's just going to shut down for two weeks and like no one's going to get the <laughs> shit. So, um, but no, everything's been good. So how much of your time is dedicated to Metalwood at this stage? All of it. Like literally every it's week. full time. Yeah. Wow. Full time. Uh, Full time since um, June. It's still fairly new. It's still really new. What am I saying? It's still really new. Why does it feel like you've (laughs) been around for a decade? Right. Um, (laughs) I I, I think because, I mean, you you made a massive footprint. Thank you. I I worked at Malvin. I met. I worked at Malvin for a while, so that was like right. So you kind of have been around for a decade. 
<laughs> not, not a decade. I work so, on, on this earth. Yeah, on this earth. Um, I'm 12. Uh, cool, cool. <laughs> I've uh, I worked in the golf space. I like had internships at TaylorMade and Fujikura and all this uh, like mm-hmm. like capital G golf world. And then I went to school and then I worked in fashion. And then like after school, I, I get, like literally it all kind of started in 2017 when I became the brand director at Malbin, but like going back to the golf world, I don't think things really change or move around all that much. So like I was running into people that I remembered from TaylorMade or like, for instance, somebody from TaylorMade like had moved over to Puma Cobra golf. So like we re like, um, remet and, uh, yeah, it's all kind of like the same world basically and then to bring fashion friends into the golf world is is good so now like everybody knows each other and um i don't know um is is imposter syndrome something that you deal with whatsoever because like i have imposter syndrome like walking into the grocery store so like let alone (laughs) being the brand director at like a massive art driven company and then starting your own company like how do you deal with that sort of pressure at such a young age frankly at 12. At 12. Um, since I'm 12, you're going to have to explain imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> no, just further elaborate because I, I think I know what you're getting at, but like explain I mean, further. So you were – when you when you became brand director at, at Malden, how old were you? 23, 24? No, I was – yeah, 23. Like, that's insane to me, you know, like that, that uh, feels to me like a position that, you know, a, a more tenured person might ordinarily have. Sure. So when you're stepping into that kind of role, obviously, I imagine there's a lot of pressure to succeed and for, for it to work and, and for Steven and Erica to have made a good decision right. bringing you into that kind of role. I think I um, came in like guns a blazing though. Like I <clears throat> coming from like college golf and having grown up with people like Xander Shoffley and Bo Hosser, like at rival schools and um, traveling around the country, like going to a bunch of tournaments. Like I felt like I had a personal connection with all of these soon to be professional golfers so like my original pitch to them was you need to see to all of my friends because they're going to be on tour soon. And like, let me put together the Malvin golf team, kind of like how Baker has like a skate team where there's pros, but there's also like a flow team of kids and like little groms that like do most of the legwork for growing the brand of the business because they're posting about it all the time and all that kind of stuff. And they were just like not at a position they this was literally like two days after they opened the store on fairfax and i went and met with them and um explained to them why my positioning is unique because i come from the golf world and i can i like understand the je ne sais quoi of um towing a line between golf and fashion and and how this position is like perfect for me and they basically said this is great like we don't have we're not in a position to seed a bunch of clothing right now. It's just like, that's not where the company's at, but eventually, um, but like, we'll definitely let you do sales. 
because I was like, I've worked on the brand side doing sales, I worked on the retail side doing the buying. So, um, yeah, it was just like a perfect match, right? And so, my my responsibility there grew pretty quickly, um, and it was cool to just build a community of friends that were all starting to play golf kind of at the same time and like holding people's hands doing that, which is sick. So. Yeah. So it almost sounds like your, like your hubris saved you from internalizing any of that pressure. Like, yeah, no, that went all right over my head because I just like, <laughs> I, I was just thinking of it as like a fun job, right? Like I don't, I, the, the pressure didn't get to me at Malvin cause I kind of knew it was going to work. Like I had friends sending shit to me all the time. Like, yo, this is mm-hmm. sick. And time was flying by and, and like we were growing really, really fast. And yeah, it, it the, the pressure kind of passed me by, I guess, which is cool. Um, I didn't have to deal with all that much. I can imagine when you stepped in, uh, like you said, guns ablaze and you were also like playing a lot, like you're playing golf. You were, meeting with this person from Puma or that person from TaylorMade or just like going out to Roosevelt and just, yeah, I, I, I can understand how pr- like just being in the thick of it, you, <laughs> the thick prior to, um, <laughs> you're prior just, to you like know. working at Malvin, I had like fallen out of love with golf though. Like I was working in apparel and just like hadn't touched a club for over a year. Um, why? Mm, I don't. I don't know. I wasn't good anymore. I was never good. I wasn't even good in college. I'm better <laughs> now than I was in college. So that should tell you something. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just like. I thought like being in the scene and like going to parties and wearing leather jackets was way cooler than like dressing up to go play golf. Um, but. Uh, and now you just do all of that and play golf. Right, right. Yeah, I'd like wear like platform <laughs> heels and like try to go to the range and shit like that. Um, no, I, don't I, I, tempt I don't, me I don't, with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I just like, I, I hung it up. I was, I think the way that I bought stuff was really ever changing, right? Because I worked at Revolve and Forward and we had like this really gnarly, per, uh, uh, employee discount so it's like why would i spend money on golf when i could buy johns this is the most this is the Facts. easiest decision Facts. i've ever had to make so i was getting like 80 percent off raf simmons and margella and all this shit and uh that's what i spent my money on so i didn't have any money to spend on golf i was just spending money mm-hmm. on johns and then something clicked where i like saw the tourist you said of like nike wedges that i always wanted i was like i could be spending money on golf and i could sell all my johns and now uh that's kind of the battle like my 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 ebay search history is just like a wwe cage match of like is it golf today or is it gonna be shoes and i feel like i found a pretty good balance of that now is that what you uh what you think was the spark for metalwood like i mean you you very um there's a very balanced affinity mm-hmm. for golf and fashion that's 
present in the brand, but like even just hearing you talk about that, you were working in the fashion world and um, moonlighting as a golfer in your search history at night. Yeah, I uh, I think the uh, romanticizing of golf clubs as if they were like really coveted dunks is kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I wish there was like a better light bulb moment, but I don't know. I've always like um, wanted to mix high with low and just like do the whole vintage thing. I guess the, the, the spark of metalwood was definitely always more vintage inspired, but when you're looking at, um, the cyclical fashion of, of, of apparel and like how things become popular or get repopularized over time. Like that's, that's kind of what excites me about golf. Um, mm-hmm. And so like trying to predict what is going to be popular in, in golf five, 10 years from now is, is exciting to me. And do you think there is going to be sort of a return to the, the, the metal wood stylings on, let's say like on, on I think the tours? So, yeah, it's going to take a little time. It won't happen on like a, a massive scale, but like the best part of talking to a, a subculture of a subculture is like really um, like creating a, a connection with people. Um, so I, I do think it's, it is catching on. You're seeing it with like, people playing half sets and, and getting more creative. The whole point of like building a, a um, exciting golf bag is like, how, how do you piece it together? Kind of like how you would piece an outfit together. Um, just like, it doesn't all have to be like golf jock. Like I'm playing the most buff Callaway Maverick. Cause I, I need to break the course record today. Like, I don't really think mm. that's super fun. So um, hopefully it's starting to work. I, I mean, it, I look at my Instagram story and that's kind of reserved only for reposting of people talking about metal wood and like showing me what they found at Goodwill today. And that it's like, there's more people caring about like stupid snake eyes irons today than there were a couple of years ago, which is cool. So I like that part. Mm-hmm. I personally really love to see the the evolution of Metalwood and then also the evolution of the community that you've created. Like you just said, seeing people either buying old clubs or having a renewed interest in the bargain bin at, um, at you know at Roger Dunn, which a few years ago that was you know that was very uncommon for people to be thinking about finding an old set of blades or um, you know yeah, but it's like a- at older. It's like a double-edged sword now, though, because I give up free too much, like free gas, and then I go to Roger Dunn's fucking empty-ass used bins. Like, no, this is horrible. Man, the play it against sports in uh, East Milwaukee. Let me tell you, Bro. <laughs> they had some heaters. I, we, we were t- I think we were texting in, you that day. We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. so that the the Sasquatch five wood was that that hit different. Literally. The Fugazi oh, Sasquatch. Yeah. Fugazi. So good. um Uh, but yeah i don't know i'm i like on another uh podcast a couple weeks ago i like gave up that 
Goodwill actually has like an online site. I was like, fuck. Oh guys. no. Yeah. You can't give that away. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, it's, we'll keep that behind the paywall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like let's on a deeper level, like let's talk nostalgia because uh-huh. metal metal wood is nostalgia. Right. And like there's, I don't know what it is about our, our generation that is so deeply nostalgic for that specific era. Right. Like an era, even before we had cog- cognizance or like, yeah, even like concrete <laughs> memories. Like, where does that, where does that come from from you, for you? And, and is it, um, if, if you could put a, a ratio of like real to irony, <laughs> where, where, where would you say that nostalgia actually like sits for you? Um, I, I, I think it depends on the day, right? Like how sentimental you're feeling. Um, I don't know. A lot of it's a lot of it's pretty ironic, and I hope that doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. I, I don't know. I'm just like cracking jokes all the time, so <clears throat> I take myself not super seriously, but like seriously enough to where I feel like the um, brand image matters, and and like getting a point across matters. So I think the the reason that we all feel nostalgic nostalgic about all these things is like um, maybe it has to do with something your parents taught you or something that your siblings taught you as a really young age um, or just showed you or thought was cool or something like that. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why our generation is, is obsessed with, nostalgia it's, it's it's odd I, I i get what you're saying it's like uh, maybe it just has something to do with um lack of technology or lack of like mm-hmm. access to those memories like i guess mm-hmm. you really only have pictures in, in your like parents photo albums of that era that i'm trying to glorify right so it's not mm-hmm. really readily available on your iphone um but yeah, I don't want to beat it like a dead horse with it, but like this is this is something that comes up in almost every single thing that I talk about. Is like, I seriously do think of golf clubs in a way to compartmentalize time, as opposed to like what kind of song was indicative of like the summer of two thousand one, right? Or mm-hmm. like, I can remember what clubs I was playing at certain Keystone events in my life. So, um, yeah. I think that, and yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, I think that's cool because those like the golf clubs are a, they're, they're tangible, like songs aren't, you know, like you can, you can keep those clubs in a vault and be like, this was 2001 for me. This was, I beat my dad for the first time with this club. Right. Kind of thing. Exactly. Um, so you can wield it as a trophy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you, Dad. Um... <laughs> one thing, one thing, Cole, that I think is really unique um, about your point of view, which is obviously very strong, is I, I never would have guessed a few years back when I was not uh, playing golf or really in tune with the golf world at all, that there would be someone like yourself creating a brand based around nostalgic golf moments 
but was also pushing the golf world forward as a whole into making the game more fun. Uh, because if you think about that era, there was a lot of things happening that, you know, weren't fun for, you know, people of color or, you know, people that weren't. I know that, ca- that comes people. up all the time, but it's like, what, what I'm trying to do is like, <laughs> like one, not make friends at any OEM manufacturer because they spend millions of dollars a year on like marketing brand new technology that they're going to sell for thousands of dollars. Right. And so right. I'm trying to go the anti that, like I want you to create or come to this golf store with an extreme budget, whether it be like under $200 or under $300 and like try to put together the sickest set possible with that extreme budget. And I don't, I understand that like this glorification of the late eighties and early nineties, like that as a <clears throat> era is like, problematic but i i there's bits of it that you can choose to like appreciate right and i often find myself being embarrassed calling myself a golfer and like i don't really want to be a part of that world but i do really think that like in in choosing to um try to get creative with with creating um sets with extreme budgets like that like that's that's something that like everybody can get behind, right? Like that makes it easier. The The barrier to entry is, is not so high. There's just like, it sucks, right? Like uh, to play basketball at a local park, like all you need is a basketball mm-hmm. and to play golf at the local muni, you like need clubs, balls, a tee time, shoes, like all that shit. So um, yeah, to make it more accessible, um, makes it modern and and pushes golf forward, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that's the easiest way to justify like having a, a golf brand in in the current era, right? Yeah, I think there's I mean there's also something to be said for like reinterpreting that or like recontextualizing that style, um, in today's language that mm-hmm. is more is just naturally more accepting and inclusive um so you're almost like yeah like reappropriating that kind of um exclusion from yeah the the 90s and early 2000s i'm also making fun of like everything and everybody so like if someone looks at it from a bird's eye view and it's like oh he's just like making fun of all these people in the 90s then that kind of that passes right so that that too yeah (laughs) exactly it's like i'm making golf more accessible while because look how dumb these people look (laughs) right right. (laughs) you look like idiots (laughs) what are what are some of your favorite ways to engage with golf like on a on a playing level these days like when you when you go out to go play golf what does that experience look like for you um it's a shitty answer but it is my answer um and i i don't get to play super often um if i do it's with people that i enjoy playing golf with so um, i have like a group of buddies that we like all know the right games we all play at a similar level and um, I 
I think that when I go out to play golf, I want to play golf with them. The beautiful, mm. beautiful thing about the pandemic was that last year I played um, more golf with either first time golfers or like new people than I ever have. And it was awesome. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. I think that the closing of like the, all the LA courses too forced me to go out and, you know, get to Oxnard or, um, like Ventura County and play all those courses or go down South to Long Beach and, and discover a bunch of courses that I just like would never have played. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. But yeah, I, I feel like if, and this is not to like toot my own horn, but like if I said yes to everybody that invited me to play golf, like I would not get any work done, but I really <laughs> do wish that I could, it would be a really sick experience and ways to better engage with the community and, and figure out like, and just like, listen, like what, what are you getting out of golf today? Like, are you meeting Mm -hmm. someone new? Are you trying to shoot a new personal best? Are you just like blowing off steam? Um, and all of those stories are really unique and cool to me. So, and it helps me tell my story too. Right. Cause it's just better POV. Um, so to answer your question, I wish I played more golf. I don't enough. Um, but when I do, um, I like being familiar with the people I'm playing with, but I would also be open to having um, first-time interactions with people every time I played. Mm. What was your What was your perception of me the first time we played? Um, I it's had a like selfish a, question. <laughs> I'd seen your swing on Instagram and the commercial. So like I knew you were kind of ball and outrageous and, uh, <laughs> did we do we were Sand Canyon Sand first Canyon or did we do Monarch? Did we do Monarch first? We were the at- foot joy shoot. We literally did the foot joy shoot like two days before that. Yes. We did the foot joy shoot and then Sand Canyon with the format guys. I didn't I didn't care if you were good or bad because I blew you off at Roosevelt like twenty times before that that I was like, fuck, I just need to meet this dude. I just like need to be friends with him. (laughs) No, because like I have no excuse to not play Roosevelt. (laughs) I have no I have no excuse to not play Roosevelt because I live like a six iron away from Roosevelt. But every time Brad would ask, it would be like two in the afternoon on like a Wednesday. It's like, what the fuck? I cannot. I I'm cannot. getting residuals, man. I got days yeah. off. I got shit to do today. So, um, no, I, I mean, got orders to ship out. I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to playing with Drew and Connor for the first time, but Brad, you, you've always got a spot in, in my foursome. So that's love. We're trying to get Blast. these two out here, uh, this winter. Because um, yeah, we'll, it we'll snows be out. in Milwaukee, and yep. Connor really likes to travel. So <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're the gears are in motion for a, a GGT Southern California link up. So you'll be on the <clears throat> you'll be on the short list. You'll be on the short list for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. the meetup the meetup part two. We already got we already got uh, Wisconsin under our belt as a as an in person. Let me ask you guys as as. Um, budding stars in the golf community and and <laughs> and feeling like you guys 
either you either want to or you feel the need to do like golf meetups i don't know if that's something that is in your kind of um extended universe but it's in our oeuvre for sure okay um i look at uh the oil hardened classic have you guys heard of that it's like eternal summer golf um Hmm. that puts it on and it's like on the east coast and it's persimmon woods only and that is a very targeted like you must do this or else you're not coming to the tournament kind of thing and they've grown this community so big that like they don't really have to be club nazis and like they don't have to look over everybody like yeah that's not period correct or like oh that's not actually persimmon that's wax or like they (laughs) they they get away with not having to do so much work because they have a community that really cares enough to truly abide by the rules right i want to do a metalwood period correct tournament where it's like you can only play clubs from the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and you have to have like period correct shafts in them all the grooves can be fucked up you have to be playing like torbalata ball or a wound ball or something like that mm-hmm. but i like worry that we get to the day and like some fuckhead's going to have like a Titleist 905R, but put like a brand new Ventus shaft in it to like get a leg up on the, op- like on the competition. And I'm going to freak out and get mad at them. What are your thoughts on that? Because I would love for the community to be so big that people would actually care to do the research and go in and like get like the true blue board that was, or no, excuse me, like a EI 70 that was in it. But I'm curious to know if, if you guys have thought about, having a group golf therapy meetup and if there were qualifications that were to be met or if it was all welcome or basically I'm asking you how to run a tournament. (laughs) I love that question actually. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great question. Um, Well, I I think for not to speak for everyone, but I think for like a meetup for us, it would probably involve some sort of like live show um, sort of like a a tour of some sorts where we Mm -hmm. could meet up, potentially play some golf and then, you know, just riff with the, the, the people that are, are there. Um, but I think for us with the, the show that we're trying to produce and the, the community that we're trying to build, I think it would be tough to have any sort of restrictions or limitations on, on who would be welcome. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously for your point of view or like the persimmon, uh, event i could see how that you know there needs to be some sort of qualifications for attendance yeah or we could limit the the number of attendees um hit up goodwill store buy them out make sets for folks Hmm. sick Ooh. uh i mean that's what i wanted to do that's what i wanted to do at at, clubs yeah yeah that's what we were going to do at don kanabi um Brad was like on the first hole, there's just like an orange Home Depot bucket filled with like torbaladas so that people can't use like brand new Pro V ones. Yes. Kind of ill. Yes. That, I, yeah. I was going to say, if you, if it was like a first come, first serve, and it's like you get here early, you can have the first choice of the least fucked up balls and clubs. <laughs> and whoever shows up last, you get like, you know, bottom of the barrel literally right, uh, right. i think that would be pretty that that would be sick because then there would be no ill will because everyone you know it's first come first serve right everyone has the same shot at 
the the shit that you have in there. Yeah. I also believe strongly like in that. the community that we've built that other, I mean, quote unquote qualifications would have already been met via our interactions with them daily. Like we, right, right. I, I think the three of us can probably name, you know, 10 to 20 people right now that we interact with all the time that would be open to a meetup or a tournament and mm-hmm. just like, just roll with it. Yeah. I, I, I think the only rule that we would like the only, um, qualification i suppose that we would impose is like don't be an asshole and yeah like you think eric but, Lang, but I mean, like has those random that, random golf club events and like people trying to do some fuck shit just show up and and like ruin the whole thing yeah but even that like i, I part of me almost like would welcome one dissenter or like one <laughs> one shitty person in the mix just so we could like have a conversation about it you know just and shake like, them like Ugh. <laughs> not even though like just like just love them to death and make them break down and, and just showed everybody like this works see right <laughs> right 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 um but back to your like your first question cole i mean i think like when you're hosting an event like there's only so much that you can control to a certain degree and i think if somebody were to show up to a period specific golf tournament that you were to put on with a non period era like a non-era piece of equipment like to a certain degree like that's on them you know like if if they want like if if somebody i'm playing with tells me that they have made 40 whole hole in ones in their life who like i don't really care go off to, to like you know like i don't i don't really care enough to <laughs> to prove them wrong in the moment or like shake them silly and be like no fuck you you're a liar right i, I just think like to a certain degree that's that's an issue that they have with themselves whether whether they do so knowingly or not you know like in your in your era specific equipment example i think that's that's there might be some somebody who just like doesn't know that that's an issue or like doesn't know that that specific shaft that they have is like two years too late um but to a certain degree i think like should it matter like yeah you set the general guideline for this for the event but just let people play. Yeah. Let the kids play, man. Yeah, that's right. Um, GGT uh, meetup tournament sponsored by Metalwood. Let's do it. I'm in. 80s and 90s specific clubs only. <laughs> Coming to Roosevelt. That would be such a I mean, there there run. would be a, a, a runway for sure. Like a walk-off. God, I hope so. A la Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. John's enthusiasts only. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, you're like, you're, um, I, I, you're somebody who strikes me as being very, like, in touch with their own self expression and, like, creativity. And, um, you know, like you said earlier, like, your brand guidelines for Metalwood are so specific and so, like, everything is referential and everything is like so in the canon of metalwood was your i want to know more about like where your creativity comes from like where the where the impetus was where the like genesis of your creativity came from like was that something that was instilled in you at a young age was your were your family like encouraging of your creativity where did that sort of come from um 
That is a good question. I feel like my parents are pretty creative and then I would do something in school and they would say, cool. Oh, wow. Cool. You're really creative. You're like your dad. And, um, I was just doing it and I was just like, okay, I'm creative. Like that's it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think there was like an impetus. I, I used to draw as a kid. I, I would draw, I drew exclusively cars with big rims. And, uh, <laughs> when let's unpack that <laughs> escalades on dubs. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything to unpack. I, that's no, like, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm totally, uh, kidding. yeah. And then, um, that's just sick. Yeah. And then when I started playing junior golf, like, uh, I don't think I really cared about what I wore until I saw this brand called sub 70 come out. Sub 70 was like in the same vein as like Jay Lindbergh, but this is like very early Stockholm basement hours, Jay Lindbergh. This is like, uh, right when yes for part of it got signed. And this so, is the club manufacturer, right? No, no. The sub 70 is a, is a clothing line that predated the club brand. Oh, uh, it was literally sub 70 spelled out and they made okay. split hem pinstripe pants and like the most psycho colors ever. And this kid, Send the Danny link. Angel. Yeah, I will. I don't, they don't exist anymore. The, the owners of trendy golf had something to do with the brand. And I think that when Jay Lindbergh decided to be like the standout of their two, like kind of umbrella brands, like they deaded sub 70 and, and moved on with trend or excuse me with Jay Lindbergh. Um, but you can like talk to the Jay Lindbergh team. If you, if you like met any of them and like asked them about sub 70 and they would just be like, like, Oh my God, you know, that brand. Um, but yeah, they made crazy pants and these two kids, Kevin Carnegie and Danny Angelucci were like winning every San Diego junior golf event in those pants. So like I got the pants. Um, and then, yeah, that was like kind of the, the start of like wanting to just like look different because I would wear the pants to not golf. I would wear the pants to like just normal everyday shit. And that was kind of the reason I played golf was to just be different. Like I didn't really want to play basketball or football outside of like my physical inability to play those. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to play that shit anyway. Y'all are nerds. Uh, but yeah, so like playing golf in and of itself was different enough for me to like express my creativity. And mm -hmm. so um, that's kind of how that started. Um, but yeah, paying attention to like things that I was wearing and, um, how I looked, I guess. Yeah. You shouldn't judge a book by your, its cover, but I definitely do feel like you can understand a lot about some person by like the way that they present themselves and like, it's on you for your personality to like back that up. Um, and yeah, hopefully I come off as like a, a semi-decent person. <laughs> but like, I think that first meeting is, is really important. So I've always been like, 
um, mindful of how. Hey, y'all, this is Brad. And Connor. Andrew. We wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening. It truly means a lot to us, and we want you to know that you're loved and you're welcomed here. And if you ever need a listening ear to vent or just to talk to somebody who cares, we want to remind you that group golf therapy is a safe space. Our DMs are always open at group golf therapy on Instagram. Hit them straight and mind your golf. Ooh, okay, so um, what are some impressions that you get from the three of us based on our collective styles? Not necessarily today, but in general. He said, don't judge me for this makeshift fedora right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or or do. Definitely definitely don't use today's template as an example. Roast this man. I look at Brad and I'm like, damn, that dude smells real nice and expensive. Um, (laughs) He's gotten that multiple times. Um. Connor, Connor, like when I look at his Instagram stuff, I, I'm like literally every sentence just starts with me, an intellectual. Um, <laughs> yes, it's like fuck, this yeah. guy is genius. And then this is uh, every day. Drew and I are like probably could be twins, honestly. Mm, for sure, um, Cole's, my, Cole's my son. Yeah, honestly, like. Uh, <laughs> Style we are are both like super simpatico on on uh humor and like the our references and like where we get our jokes and all that kind of stuff and hmm. um yeah that's you guys in a nutshell and also both of y'all dress your ass off don't 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 leave that out <laughs> yeah that's true. that's true everybody call, in this call, group call, dresses their ass off call us ranch <laughs> Cause we'd Damn. be dressing. I had. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm locking yeah. off. Bye. Yeah, yeah. This has been real. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Cole, cool. you you said you've been you've been dressing for a minute. Like, would you say that? Like, what what were the what were the fits like in in middle school and and high school for golf? Like, were you were you white belt JL oh, or my were you God? Yeah, white belt only. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean the the outfits were uniforms until I got to college. In my freshman freshman year of college, I did not have any idea how to dress. Mm. Um and it took some like serious like whipping into shape for my roommate to like figure that out. Ooh. Uh, so we have we have a specific person to thank for Oh yeah, 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 totally. Like I don't know if he'll listen to this. I'll I'll tell him to listen to it. But like, yeah, there's there was like some obey hats and like some V-neck t-shirts and shit like that that were like <gasps> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds Honestly, bad. bring that back. Like <laughs> dig into the, the archives for us, please. Yeah. Metalwood Ed Hardy edition. Legit. Not Ed Hardy. It wasn't that bad, but like okay. Oh, Obey had some sick graphics. That's I'd say Obey. No, but it was just the, like a Pac Sun special, just the gigantic Obey hat on. The oh, head. okay. Got and it. like okay. I hung it up on my dorm room wall next to like this Endless Summer poster that a movie that I still like haven't seen to this day. You haven't um, seen Endless Summer? Dude, that's a no, classic. Oh man, I'm, it's like I'm not. I'm it's not super boring say it now. 
at this point i'm not seeing endless summer i'm not seeing game of thrones i will be able to like monetize my like brain for like not having seen those further down the road like if i like someone that wants to sell like watch i'm (laughs) this is i shouldn't be putting game of thrones and endless (laughs) summer in the same box but like someone's gonna be like damn i would love to rewatch that i'm just gonna buy a brain and watch that again for the first time um (laughs) there's a market for it uh high school and college uh, middle school and high school golf there's uniform any chance to wear a white belt you would do it college i looked like every other young go hard like nike dry fit yoga pants like as skin tight as possible um tech fabrics tech shit. everything yeah shit that you thought tech, helped tech helped hats yeah everything <laughs> compression shorts the stretchier the better honestly i'm like losing out on club head speed by this pk polo right here <laughs> you know um, we're all we're all happy that you've come full circle and, and come back around to the to the good side of, of golf fashion yeah i don't know it's like not that i'm like uh entering any form of like major stardom or like public figureism but like i've definitely had to check myself and like delete some tweets not out of like some pure uh malicious place but like um being immature and like just doing some dumb shit but i've also had to delete shit off of facebook that like Mm. if someone were to surface a picture of me wearing a white belt like i'm gone that's it people have been canceled for less yeah Yeah. people have been canceled for less yeah trust Um, what what pisses you off what um what about golf pisses me off or no just in just in life what what makes you like what gets you hot um I just got a new computer. This this old piece of shit. Like, if something doesn't load, it normally speed. I really fa- I walk really fast. If mm. something's too slow, sometimes I have those days where like everything takes a couple extra steps. Right, like the mm-hmm. Brita needs to be refilled. I can't just get water. There's no water in the Brita, or um, I can't just get dressed. Like something has to be steamed. That shit pisses me off. I, I like things to be efficient. Um, like if I'm in a rush to get somewhere, I'm late in my car, but there's no gas in the car. And that a lot of it's on me. Um, <laughs> that pisses me off. Um, people taking themselves too seriously, that pisses me off. Hmm. Um, yeah. And what about Not golf? <sighs> Things um, taking too long and people we, taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, it does bleed over into that world too, for sure. Um, but I don't know. People jock and steez, right? Like, mm. I, I get that it's a form of flattery, but I've seen some. I've seen some pretty close replicators which is bothersome good friend of mine just always taught taught me to wear like horse blinders though and keep your head down and like keep innovating because they're just like not going to do it as fast as you do Mm -hmm. 
damn, I shouldn't have said that. Now people know that bothers me. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're else? in a safe space, man. Yeah, golf's first safe space. Thank God. We uh, wouldn't say that. You you did though. Thank right. you. Right. Well, it's okay. We're cl- we're gonna clip that. <laughs> we're using that. That's our that's our Cole Young testimonial. <laughs> what else pisses me off? Honestly, not a lot. I feel like I I, I try to get by with as least little stress as possible. Um. Yeah. What do you like to do uh, away from Metalwood, away from golf? That um, that helps with that stress management. Like, what what do you do for fun? What do you do that's just for Cole? I, I don't I, not much because like Meadowood's pretty fucking fun. <laughs> like my dream hour on like the laptop is like there's twenty eBay like tabs open, and I'm like gonna score on some vintage foot joys for like forty bucks. Like that's mm. hype. Um, the stress relieving part is actually the like the action of playing golf with friends and like not thinking about stuff. Um, I've been traveling quite a bit with my girlfriend. That's been really fun. Going to new places and going to restaurants. It's like the best. Or What's having like your- a show. What's on your master's uh, menu, master's dinner menu, championship dinner menu? Um, is it is is it like a restaurant that's catering it, or I'm just building out the whole menu? You just build out the menu. Yeah. What are the what are the oh, menu items? Shit. Yeah, a la carte. You can get anything you want from anywhere in the world. I'm just gonna say like the best of everything, and it's just not gonna have any like. It's not going to be very coherent. It's just like very, very random. It's your menu. That is the, um, that would be an issue because I could eat like Chinese food, Mediterranean food, and like pizza all in the same meal. And my girlfriend was looking at me like, what the fuck did you just eat? So So there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, just like anything, throw anything at it. So like, mm-hmm. I've been really fucking with Greek salads, and also the um, Chinese chicken salad from California Chicken Cafe. So those are your two. Don't you know I had options. that for lunch yesterday? Oh, California Pizza so Kitchen, good. California Chicken Cafe. Um. There's going to be some sort of, oh, just like Kismet Rotisserie. I don't know if anybody has had that except for Brad maybe, but that's like Mediterranean chicken, like finger food stuff. Mm. Sounds incredible. Um, I don't know. Lots of good shit. The Salazar Tacos. This is an awful meal. (laughs) Keep it going, honestly. <laughs> it's we're at it's your um, it's a bit scattered. <laughs> but it sounds good. Sea bass. Fish tacos. And then like f- <laughs> like flan for dessert. 
So there's two different types of tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, um, I love, I love flan. I so love much. flan. Fuck me up with some flan. Yeah, yeah. If it's on the Back menu, up. you're ordering that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I love flan. That. Is if it's like, um, it's like in Supersize Me when they ask him if they want. If he wants to supersize it, he has to say yes. If I see flan on a menu, I have to I have order to it. say yes. Yes, it's flan and French onion soup are my automatic really automatic yes orders. French wow, onion. even if it's like a hundred and five degrees out in the middle of Scottsdale, Arizona, like holy shit! <laughs> He's like, I don't make the rules. I yeah, I, <laughs> you're a madman. I signed this contract in blood, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Damn. Yeah, the the master's the master's dinner question is tough because I I feel like you have to please a lot of people that like probably aren't into food, right? Like you're gonna have past masters champions that like want chicken fingers and fries. Fuck them! Are you kidding me? At Mar- yeah. it's your it's your master's dinner. You get what you want, and it's almost like a. I mean, talk about every match is one on the first tee. Like, you you tell people what to eat. You yeah. you just won the match. You know. True. 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 All right. Let's say you have a um a really important match match play day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What are you rolling up in? A car wise or uh, no 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 what outfit what or oh <laughs> or does it depend on who you're playing? Yeah, who's the match with and where where is it at? <laughs> so here's okay. So let me let me come back to you with like a the answer the the, the this fantasy that often plays in my head the. USGA events like the USAM, the US Medam, like the ones that don't get that much publicity are going to be qualifying. Then you have a stroke play and then there's match play, right? And the match play decides the championship. The round of 64 gets no TV time, but like the round of quarters and semis and in, they all get TV time. Mm Mm-hmm. So the fantasy that plays over and over in my head all the time is that I go mega try hard and like actually use clothing that I know is going to help me play better and clubs that are super forgiving and like are bent mega strong. So like I hit a 210 yard six iron or whatever and I make it to the tournament and I play well in the seating, I make it to match play, and the second the cameras are on, I'm wearing, like, a Shingo Katayama, like, cowboy hat, a sweater vest, like, comically large pleated pants, like, it looks like two pairs of pants are sewn together to be one, leather sole bottoms, and I'm playing, like, a I'm playing like a Bridgestone J33 driver, a Callaway Squareway wood head cover or a head uh three wood. Um no five wood, two iron through pitching wedge. 
MP14s, Vokey Special Grind Wedges, and like a Ping Dock 17 Waffle Iron Mallet Putter. And I want all eyes on me, the camera that day. Like, what? Well, Young out of Los Angeles, we're not really sure what the fuck he's going doing for <laughs> this for, but he's made it into the semis and full, full outfit change, full, um, full bag change. And to, to win a national championship with like some fuck shit would be the funniest thing of all time. So that had me at the, you had me at the Shingo uh, Cowboy. Yeah, exactly. That, that really, that completes any, <laughs> no matter what clubs, any what ens- the rest any of the ensemble. fit looks like. Like, that, you, that, you just win, you just win 10 and 8. Yeah. The, yeah, literally. <laughs> Straight up. I'm imagining um, going and creating that character on Tiger Woods 2005. Yeah, exactly. That's I might, honestly, precisely like, I might, what I might download for. The Sims 3 and, like, create that character <laughs> today. <laughs> The um, yeah. so that I think it was the U.S. Junior Am that they just played at. Um, God, it might be the U.S. Am, might be the Junior Am, but they played it at Oakmont. I'm pretty sure. And the kid that won, it was the Junior Am. The kid that won, like the major headline story, was that he won with um, a quote unquote garbage putter, and it was just like a ping I series putter from like a used bin that he spent thirty dollars on. Um, and it's probably like 10 years old, but like the comment section was going bananas. It's like, Oh, I had that putter. Like maybe I'll bring it out of my garage, like all this kind of stuff. And, um, that's, that is like the metalwood muse, right? Like, right. Winning, it's heartwarming. winning stuff or like playing good golf with like just joke clubs. And that's like, that's funny to me. So that, I don't know if that answers your question, but like if it were the, ultimate important match would which would be like the finals at the usam that's kind of what i'm wearing and that's what i'm hoping to win with i love it yes sign us up that's sick connor will loop i hope we can make that dream i'll I'll caddy for you i was gonna say so like the the one that i'm really gunning for is um the us mid-am so uh I haven't had the chance to qualify for many of them. I'm, I'm 27 now. The first three opportunities I had to play in the mid-am, I missed. One of them was from COVID. I just t- tried to qualify for my first one a couple weeks ago, and I probably could have practiced a little more before. I hadn't touched a club in like three weeks before I played it, so I, I played like shit. Um, but next year is... Uh, the mid-am is at Aaron Hills, which is a course that mm-hmm. holds a, a very special place in my heart. And um, I, I think there's an opportunity to possibly sell some metalwood into that uh, pro shop in the next year. So it would be very, very special to like be there playing in the mid-am, staying on property, and like also having my stuff in the store. And I mean, um, talk about a corporate boondoggle like that. Yeah, is- serious, serious. And just like a dream headline, right? Like, yeah, uh, you know, putting it on a silver platter for USGA because Lord yep. knows they need help, they help with their <laughs> their shit. So, I'm I'm thankful that uh, when we were here or when uh, Connor and Brad were here, they got to experience Aaron Hills on the last day. Um, 
So yeah, they know how they know how well, special last day of the season. Well, yeah, last day of the trip. Uh, last day that of the we trip here in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've played I've played a lot of really really good courses, luckily, and I I seriously do think that Aaron Hills has to be top three, top three, just like most enjoyable experiences, like. <laughs> The comfort stations, the golf, the people are friendly. The weather is like perfect. The sky looks like double the size of what it normally does when you're mm-hmm. um, in mm. like a metropolitan area, which is really cool. So, I mean, shit, we we only played the kettle loop. We played five holes, maybe six oh holes, and like that alone, like the score. You take one look at the scorecard; it's par four and a half, and you're just yeah. like, whoa! Like, yeah. I'm about to play a different yes. type of golf. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Hills is a very, very cool experience. So and like they they have all the money in the world and all the land in the world to create like another golf course if they wanted to or build a resort there. And if it stayed the way it was for the rest of eternity, I would not be mad. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah, it's sacred. Yeah, it really is. Just like finishing on 18 and like knowing what Justin Thomas did and like looking and, and seeing like the chapel in the background, it like almost looks haunted. It's fuck that place is good. I'm bummed I didn't get to bank it there this year. I made it the last two or three years, but we'll see it. We'll see it next year for sure. Yeah. We'll buy some merch in the in the pro shop. At the mid am. Yeah. That yeah you'll have open. to get past uh, Colt Nedler in order to make the mid am though in Bro, I was going through a lot of like my old Golf Week magazines from when I was a kid, when I was home at my parents' house, and um, Colt is just like on every leaderboard in that magazine. It's like it's it's funny uh, if you look at, like, say the U.S. or excuse me, the AJGA like uh, Rolex Classic that's in at Greyhawk every year, or the Ping Invitational. Like he's on the leaderboard, and like not far in front of him is. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, um, like Emiliano Grillo, like all these people that are on tour. Wonderkind. Right. Yeah. Freakazoid. So good. <laughs> who's who's the who's the best golfer you've ever competed with? Uh, Xander, by far. Um I didn't go to the same high school as him. We were rival schools in league. So he played for Scripps Ranch and he was a year older than me. And I played at Cathedral. And um, yeah, I, I, I was funny is like, I don't think anybody in high school knew that he was the one. I think everybody thought this one kid, Ben Doyle was the one. And Ben went on to play at Cal and kind of didn't make it. And Xander moved around a bit in college. He went to San Diego State. He went to Long Beach State. Um, and I think it may have been like the last year they played the Publinks when it turned into the four ball. And I think it was at the Greenbrier and he either won it or maybe that was the USAM. And it was like on after that, like everybody knew. So, but yeah, I played with a lot of really good kids. I played with Bo Hostler, Jordan Spieth, Bryson, Xander. Cause they're all kind of like my age. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when we get lineup, when we get Xander on the pod, we'll have him uh, corroborate that story. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's going to say, yeah, we're going to ask him the same bad? question. He's going to say, Cole for, Young. for, for such a nice guy, he has a really, really difficult agent. Um, it's good to know. So, yeah. I don't know. Let me know if you guys need help. I can definitely try to pull some strings, but that dude, Scott is no joke. No, no. 
<laughs> a, gate, um, a, a gatekeeper. Just got yeah. checked your DMs, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, you said that you um, had one or two spicy questions for Cole. Do you want to open up the treasure chest? Oh, if we, if we want to go that way, we open can up that moss that pit. Oh, open, open up that moss pit that I get didn't get tickets <laughs> to. Damn it! Shout out Candace. She got the she's got the tickets. Um, yeah. as as a as a a purveyor of spicy takes yourself on on social media um and or and just from being a you know a, a persona that's been on instagram for a while i'm sure there are accounts that have uh or people that you that you know that you follow um that you don't necessarily always care for all of the content they're producing but you might care for them as people um who are the who are some of the people that you've had to put on mute over the past few years uh, let me look. <laughs> How do you see blocked people or muted people? I think you go uh, to I, settings, I privacy. Sorry, Can I, you I, Brad, people you Brad knows. Yeah, I've, I've, got, <laughs> Wait. I've got some folks muted myself. Wait, let me Restricted see. account. Oh, you can see it. Okay, wow. I don't think I've ever muted anyone. I think I've only ever unfollowed. Wow, you're... You're a better person than me. I, um, I, I like I like muting because then you know. Yeah. You you didn't unfollow anyone. Nobody. Nobody that really like ruffle any feathers in this list. Um, I have. Are you are you just a straight up unfollower then? You just, yeah, you just hit the, you just hit the unfollow. You don't. It doesn't don't like that shit the, doesn't no that shit doesn't bother me. Like no, if you if you have that app that tells you like who unfollowed you, probably shouldn't be on Instagram. You're doing too much. You're doing way too much, dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, I no, it, it's it sucks because I would love to put people on blast, but I know that the people that run these companies or have these like things or so, like have never not been nice to me, so it's like tough to put them mm. on blast. But like, mm. that's fair. That's fair. The shit that what, bothers uh, what, me is like, uh, like that Chicago golf guy that was. Um, like in the golf memes, like pretty misogynistic or mm-hmm. like I've seen them comment like all lives matter on yeah. posts. Like I just unfollow them or I don't interact with them anymore. And I don't think that they know that they did anything to bother me, mm-hmm. but I, Do you I want them to know that they did something to bother you. No, who gives a fuck? Good. Okay. Um. So, Chicago golf. Pretty much any of like the barstool accounts are like just absolute trash. Um. Uh, any account that promotes golf joggers, I'm guessing. Yeah. Instant. Instant, instant block. Instant block. Report. Yeah. Um. Zyre golf. Mm-hmm. Zyre Golf has a like marketplace called Zyre Goods, and they used to be public. And I went on there just to check it out, 
and like every single piece of merchandise they had for sale was like there was like a Malbin knockoff. There was a Metalwood knockoff. There was an anti-country club knockoff. And it was, Whoa. it was like so blatantly obvious, like wow. that they were like using these people's designs. And then it went private. And oh, I just shit. like, and I don't follow Classic. it. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Um, but that is, that is a bummer because Zyre golf is probably the most followed golf account on Instagram. Gotta be. Um, so they have a yeah. huge platform and they're just doing that shit. They're selling that stuff to people that have no idea what Malvin or Metalwood or um, like anti-country club or is or any of the brands that are just listed. So um, that sucks. That's kind of it. Mm-hmm. One, my, my uh, one, one Instagram golfer girl that was posting so much and then like pivoted to TikTok and all of her TikToks made it on Instagram and I just like had to be done with it. It was so bad. There's a reason that there's two separate apps and that why I don't participate in one of those apps. And it's Precisely. I don't I don't I don't want to see your TikToks on, on Instagram. So um to <laughs> to follow up on on uh muted folks, what like, do you receive a lot of hate DMs or do you, do you receive a lot of uh, pushback on just your takes of uh, golf fashion or is everyone usually pretty receptive since they know you and, and the brand? Sometimes I will make a comment that is really mean spirited and should bother a lot of people. And it just is fine because it's so niche, it goes right over people's heads. Mm. Um. Or I'll get a comment like, uh, like I'll post a picture of a really like skinny blade, and the com- the caption is something like, uh, "You're gonna hate the way your hands feel. I guarantee it." <laughs> and then some like fifty year old dude will comment, "Why?" <laughs> and then I just like don't I don't have to go and explain myself. I don't I don't have to go and do anything. Um, no, it's even it's even better to just leave that there. Leave yeah, it, exactly. Leave yeah. The comment. Yeah, on, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, leave that on red for sure. My favorite comments are the ones that are like really spammy, where it's like, uh, "Yes, I, uh, I just invested three thousand dollars with Mister um, Mister Bosch, and like, I, I wouldn't be the same without him." Yes, like I made I like thirty-seven thousand dollars. I always, yeah. always respond to those. Always, you gotta respond. Promoted on um, lovely Adams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Promote today. Um, well, uh, what was the question? Oh, hate comments. Yeah, yeah. I got one the other day where I was like, I, I've so I'm selling a hat right now. That's like, portion of the proceeds go towards the Evans Scholars Foundation. Where it's like great organization has paid for over eleven thousand uh, caddies to go to college, full room and board and everything. And the hat, mind you, is not anything special. It's really cool because it has a heritage, right? Like the Par Club is mm-hmm. um, a group of donors within the Evan Scholars Foundation that does a lot of the heavy lifting for the funding of these kids. It's called par club. 
and it is literally just a hat that says par club in massive aerial font on it. And like, that's the hat that they've been wearing for 50 years, right? Like that's a historical logo. So I posted a picture of it and I think some dude was like dogging on like it laughing at the hat and then made like a graphic design is my passion kind of joke. Um, but then he deleted it and then immediately made a comment that was like, hat is whack. <laughs> and then I just, co- I just commented like, uh, I'm sorry, is there something whack about sending 11,000 kids to college? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get and in his ass, Cole. Immediately deleted the comment, unfollowed me. <laughs> And then I just saw he followed me again this morning. Amazing. Let's go. So he thinks he's real slick, but nah. Y'all motherfuckers. We'll see you. We'll see you. Yeah. People are so dumb on Instagram. People think that they, it's, it's, people are so dumb. It's literally all traceable. It's all traceable. I also have like, and it it doesn't, nothing matters either. This was the other thing too, is like, when it was either the USGA announcing Pride Month or it was like Scratch TV changing their flag logo to the rainbow flag, the LGBTQ plus flag. And I was just like reading the comments, like um, horrible, horrible, horrible things. Mm-hmm. And I was clicking on these people's profiles to see what they look like. And they are just like. Oh, wait, like, I remember you doing this and you posted some oh to your story. God. <laughs> and it was just like that was, a that bunch was of bald dudes and like Oakley oil rigs, yes. wraparound sunglasses in mm-hmm. their like trucks front seat. And the window on the back had a big, big, like, don't tread on me sticker. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I put them on blast on my story. And then I got DMs from that, from people saying like, why are you giving these people attention? And it it doesn't matter. Who gives a fuck? That was my favorite pastime. Um, Commenting back or like looking through the comments. Shitting on people? Shit, Yeah. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it became honestly, it became a little bit too much for me. I, I needed to, to press pause on it. But the best feature that Instagram took away was the like page, where you could see the people you were following and what oh, they liked. Bro. Yeah, you could get yes. some, it's some deep the, shit on that. <laughs> yeah. The creep page. Yeah. The creep page. Yes. The creep page is you heavy. Would the be surprised at some of your favorites around this industry. And what yeah. they subscribe to, what they like, what they watch, like, shoo. Amen. That's yeah. a that's a that's a zoobie right there. That's the that page. that is like dangerous transparency. Yes. I'm trying to find a picture of like some fat fuck that commented "All Lives Matter." Give me one sec. I think the the bio of most of those were like, "God first, family, football." I think. That was probably yeah. a file for most of those guys. Bills Mafia. <laughs> Lots of Bills Mafia. Yep. Hold on. This guy writes, um, the American flag is enough. We are either American or not. Disappointed. Yep. 
Like scratch. Oh yeah. Oh, that's money. Is he holding his dick? What is happening there? <laughs> He's holding a face mask, which is oh, a face mask. That's creepy. It's ironic because he ironic. probably does not wear. Definitely it. has never worn a mask. Never. It's never gone over his face. That's for sure. <laughs> this shit actually kind of really bothered me for a bit. Especially when Cameron, I mean, granted, Cameron Champ could probably go a little harder than just like writing Black Lives Matter on his shoes. Like you could do, you could go way harder. Um, we could do a whole separate podcast on that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Part two coming soon. Yeah. But. Um, Cam Champ, come on the pod. Do it. The comments section on that Instagram was so upsetting that I had to put my phone down. Yeah. Um, it, I like this guy, too. Yep. Oh, nice. It became too much for me, man. Uh, I was... Uh, <clears throat> I was starting to... Um, you know when your eyes lock on a thing? Like, for, for no reason, really, you could just be in the middle of a conversation and then your eyes just lock and that is what you're focused on and you can't do anything with your hands. I was having uh, recollections of comments. Like, I was seeing them and, like, looking at them. My eyes were locked, thinking about this person's comment, thinking about their username. That's when I was like... like while you were having a conversation yes, with somebody completely unrelated Completely to that? unrelated. I would just be, th- like, it would have that much of a, a hold on my... Yeah, my thoughts. Yeah, I was like, "This is way, way, way too much." So I started focusing on on me and on the community that I can touch and reach, and working with Drew and Connor, and that that became a higher priority. It was, it's just way too much, man. People people are just really unhappy out here, and and uh, are, are trying to take other people down, and. Salty ass hoes. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm let them do them. Yeah. It's gotta well, be more I spice. I know, I know, we're over time, but I could do this like literally for four more hours. Same, same. Um, I was gonna say we can, uh, we can go, we can go posy again since uh, you know I brought I brought some of the the spicy uh, spicy takes out. Um, what? Cole, what is your what is your walk up music? What is your walk up song? Um, I have to check this one too. I, I honestly don't know it off the top of my head. Maybe "Let's Groove Tonight" by hmm. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm. Um, also, maybe "Cody and Crazy" by Future. Uh, or uh, Madonna, not Isla Bonita. Just Madonna. Yeah, any any song by Madonna. No, Isla Bonita. Pink. <laughs> any pink song. You know what's weird is that anytime I think of Pink, I think of wasn't she married to like Carrie Hart, the dirt biker? Yes, they're still married. Craze. I I really yes. like dirt biking, like freestyle dirt biking BMX as a kid, and like Carrie Hart had these signature van shoes, 
And I think that I was always bummed that like when I thought of Carrie Hart, I thought of Pink. But now that I think of it, every time I think of Pink, I think of Carrie Hart. I think that's like the the balance. It's kind of it works in both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All three songs that you named are well. Uh, um, you also named an icon, so but it well-rounded, and I feel like we have very similar music tastes. Yeah. Uh. Fuck. One more. Um. I touch myself by the Divinals. <laughs> if you don't hear that, if you hear that, and you don't dance. There's something wrong with you. Yes. Could agree more. I think there needs to be outro music to this song or this this podcast. There will be, don't worry. Hell yeah. Yeah, for your uh for your intro post on social, we we usually try and throw in one of your one of your songs. So we, <laughs> we can add that for sure. Um yeah, walk up songs is a good one. I feel like it really, uh, it really lets you see the, you know, behind the curtain for someone that you might assume would like one thing and then they flip it on your head and then they they go a, a complete 180 from where you thought i feel like this surprises a lot of people i i was in a fraternity in college whoa and, that does surprise me um yeah and it's off brand when people were <laughs> when people were like rushing or like during orientation you would always ask like really interesting questions like that like what's your walk-up song if you got a boat what would you name it if you had a, <laughs> that's a good one if you had an empty pool what would you fill it with um there's some other ones it's like the stupidest like stupidest like fratty shit like if you could bring any dead dude back to life <laughs> and you could have a beer with them who would it be <laughs> who would it be <laughs> Rick Seppy. Owens. Seppy. There's only one answer. There's only one answer. It's Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. R.I.P. But uh, yeah, fraternity questions. You did say you wore uh, V-necks and Obey shirts, so I, that, that could check out. I yeah. Check out. What a crazy time. <laughs> um. What is your mortal wound. What is what is that thing that that nut you can't crack, that puzzle piece you can't find? Uh, how do you make money? Whoa! How do you make money? Like that's physically? the question that, that you keep asking like, yourself. Yes. How do you make real money? Like real money, not like yeah. survivable money, but like. I think you have like, to sell your soul. Like money, money. Yeah, like how do you make money? Like Keith Huffnagel, R.I.P. Like lived a good ass life off of like socks with weed plants on them. <laughs> yeah. Facts. R.I.P. Indeed. Tisa bought a house off of fuck like forty ounce van bought a house off snapbacks like what hmm. 
And then like one of my favorite podcasts, uh, only uh, second to you guys, those guys come town are making like on Patreon. I think they're making like a hundred grand a month and, they and it's, they're make, splitting they it between make, three people. Yes. They just same. make like Us d- too. Dick, dick jokes. Yeah. hundred grand. Think about that. <laughs> I think you, you, you win I the think, lottery. That's how you make money. Okay, so I drive by the fucking lottery billboard on the freeway all the time. And I, I, it, the one in Carson is like maybe forty-five minutes away from my house, and I'll blink and I'm in my driveway. I'm like, wow, I just thought about winning the lottery and what I would do for like literally forty-five minutes. What would you do? Uh, house. Get married. Uh, that's pretty much what I start with, and then the rest of it is just John's. You buy you cop, the paint. You, you, you buy the, the paint vault. The yes. Vault. Buy the paint no, vault. You you cop all the things that were on your recent search history on eBay. Yeah, my my. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's the and that would that would leave me a little you know rest of the money to maybe invest it but mm-hmm. nah, nah nah what's the biggest size building you would want to fill or, or room or closet or hanger that you would fill with golf clubs like how big would you go oh my god <laughs> a fucking Costco bro <laughs> the limit does not exist yeah <clears throat> uh yeah the you, limit you'd does have not the J- exist you'd have the Jay Leno garage of golf clubs yes but everything would be like it would be like a a library where like every club is cataloged and barcoded so you like you yeah. could go to a computer is there a dewey and, decimal system of golf clubs there must be right you 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 could invent that you could oh, damn there's your money that's wow. the, that's, that's going behind the money. paywall too yeah. yeah um yeah there's like so when i worked at, in for one of the a couple of the club manufacturers there's a thing called daryl survey and so Daryl survey is what all the golf outlets like golf.com and, and golf digest and golf WRX, they get their information on like mm-hmm. who's playing what this is in what's in their bag, all that kind of stuff that comes from the Daryl survey. Because on Wednesday, when everybody shows up for practice rounds at the PGA tour, there's some guy going around with an iPad and like checking the clubs and building a report out of it because it helps out with, um, like without the Daryl survey, the titles ball count wouldn't exist. You know how they mm-hmm. advertise like, you know, 65 of the last, you know, 65% of the last uh, 100 PGA Tour winners used titles ball. Like they wouldn't have that information without that. So everybody pays the Daryl survey. Um, but yeah, to have some sort of catalog of, I think there is, unfortunately, because every club has to be either USGA conforming or it's not conforming, they assign those, those codes to them. I just love that there's literally just some bloke named Daryl walking around with an iPad being like, what clubs are you playing this week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I have no idea why it's named the Daryl survey, but it is spelled like, like Daryl. D-A-R-R-Y-L? D-A-R-R-E-L-L. Like not even Maybe a cool it's Darrell. It. No, because everybody knows on the tour, it's like the Daryl survey. The Daryl, no, little <laughs> sounds like a little flavor, right? R and B group from the nineties. <laughs> all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Daryl. I mean, the imagine Durrell going survey. around to like, imagine going I up to Tiger, 
going up to Tiger Woods and being like, uh, I ain't Cole Young, General Secretary. <laughs> what do you have in your bag this week? Say, piss off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. What do I have in my bag this week? A Fucking golf in here. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, what's off Wanka. What's the what's the uh, the time on the golf course you've laughed the hardest? Probably there was a, a high school CIF uh, tournament at Warner Springs, and with all of my high school golf team, and uh, this is like a sleepaway golf tournament, so we don't we hadn't really like spent all that much time together like this, and it is. 110 degrees outside and like no one wants to be there and one of my friends took an alignment rod and whipped another friend in the shin just because he was like acting up and we were at the furthest point away from the pro shop and he just walked in because he was just like so over it and i think that was probably one of the funniest times was it that's a, amazing one of those you had to be there moments or Another time, my, my brother was caddying for me in like a, a Long Beach City event. And he has like this cackle of a laugh that like is really contagious. And I think everybody knows that like the funniest things are things that are funny when you're not supposed to be laughing. Yes. Of course. So, like farts um, in church. Yeah, exactly. So, this dude is like, we're through the, we're making the turn at Skylink. So, we're playing the 10th hole which has a little Love water on the left and there's like a, a tree over the, um, over the water. And this guy just shot like, I think the handicap requirement to get into this tournament is like two. So everybody's like decent. And this dude just shot like a 54 on the front nine, like having an awful, <laughs> awful, awful day. And he, the green is here. The water is here, and this is the fairway. And he's in the fairway. He probably has like a ninety-yard, uh, like flip wedge into a front pin, but he has to go over the water and the trees. And he blades the shit out of it, hits the tree, which he should have gone over, and it goes immediately like straight down to the water. But it was the velocity at which the ball hit the tree and then bounced directly down into the water. Like it was like a huge, horrible ricochet. And then my brother like couldn't keep it and he was just like dying of laughter and right in front of this guy for maybe 15 minutes. No. And that is also like one of the funniest things I've ever that's probably the la- hardest I've laughed on the golf course. Did that Poor did that guy. player uh, was he able to laugh at himself or was he the like imploding? No, no, he was so part? angry. He was so yeah. mad. I mean, to, to be a to be in such a, a tournament where you have to have a two handicap and you shoot a fifty four on the front, that's yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah that's tough. rough. That's rough for anyone. Yeah, hate to see it. You hate to see that. Yeah, oh. I, don't know, I had some. I've had some good times on the golf course. This is uh, this is Connor's question, um, but what is your favorite golf smell? Gas carts, the exhaust of like gas carts. That's up there for me too. I think the smell of just like exhaust in general is like amazing. Yeah, what right? is so intoxicating about that? Like the smell of like, pulling up to a know. gas station. Since I was a kid, I'm like, yo. I don't know what it like is. Like being at a car mechanics is just like heaven. Yes. Inject that into my veins. Yes. Like 
I don't know. That to me. It's for me, it's the it's the mixture of the the exhaust with like grass clipping. So it's a it's like a lawnmower. Grass clippings like doesn't get me though. I feel like I that would be like the the very like sage That's learned stock, answer. That's right? the stock answer. Yeah. For a lot of people. Um Yeah, I don't know. Gas carts smacks. It does. Like governor off gas carts. Yeah. Those things just. Rip. Oh no, I'm thinking like, um, like the maintenance carts, like the Polaris's and like the mowers. Oh, like interesting. That, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't, okay. It's not. It's not the the passenger golf carts are not potent enough. I don't think. Important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not on that high octane shit. Yeah. <laughs> They're also like. When, they don't have the Nas. When's the last time you were in one? In a golf cart. In a gas cart. Uh, not that you long go ago, to right honestly. Courses. Tobacco Road in North Carolina is so hilly that you need a gas cart. Got it. Right. So that's probably the last. There's a course in Portland where you need gas carts because they're so hilly. Yeah. Where can cool. the people find you? <laughs> um, personal Instagram is Thick Owens T H I C K underscore Owens. Um, Metalwood Studio. The two elements. A lot of people think it's Meadow Wood Studio, like M E A D O. No, it's Metalwood.studio. Metal yeah. Metalwood.studio is the website. Metalwood Studio is the Instagram. Meadowwood. I really just wanted to hear you say Thick Owens. 